everyone. Welcome to the show. My name is Andrew. I'm Kata. And we are under further review. We are your drunk Ethan's of sports media, and we are presented by Last Word on Sports. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. How's it going? It's good. It's been a week. It's been a long week. How you doing? I'm good. Um, a little tired. I was school and everything. It's It's been a little crazy. And my problem really was I spent all day yesterday, like I parked myself right here on this couch starting at like 1 p.m. and then didn't do anything but watch football until about 11. So then I had to do all of my schoolwork and that was really fun. Sounds like sounds like the ideal day, honestly. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. Just working way too hard. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, but it's nice to be nice to be back and nice to be uh, doing another show. Another another week here. At least we have this. This is true. And at least we have all of you that are listening. If you're a first time listener, uh, please be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, using the handle at UFR Vodcast. You can also find us on YouTube and our podcast comes out on Thursdays, wherever you can find podcasts, except for Spotify, because we're not that cool yet. No, not quite yet, but we'll get there. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about today. We do. Um, And we wanted to start off with an email. We did. So we got a nice email from uh, a listener of the show named Anna. Anna wanted to know, what is the point of affiliation in football if you can just pick a team to root for? Like, not even tied to where you're from or where you live. You can literally just pick a team arbitrarily. So, Anna obviously listened to our show last week where we answered Reese's question about finding a team, where we basically picked a team for them. But I think she makes a good point. I think so, too. But I, I want to... I, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had because there are so many reasons why you can pick a team. You can pick it because of the players who are on it. You can pick a team because of the place that you live. Um, or it, it can be arbitrary. And um, I think a lot about um, my boyfriend, Mike's nephew, Taylor, who he's, I think, almost 15 and has loved football since the beginning. Obviously, all of the Browns are very, very into football and um, and Giants fans. And when he was like three, he was like arranging helmets like with teams on them into like the different divisions. And it was it was really cool. But because he has this love for football, he was like, I don't need to be a Giants fan. That doesn't need to be my introduction to football and decided to be a Saints fan and is to this day. And I think that's really cool. I think I think it's fun also to have different rooting interests in the people who are around you. I think so, too. Uh, it, football, at least the NFL, it's 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 entertainment, you know, and so a lot of the time it's people picking teams based on where they happen to be watching a team that happens to be on TV. I mean, if you're growing up in the state of Connecticut, you have opportunities to watch both teams from New York and teams from Boston play because they'll show both of them in that market. But I think that's a he's a smart kid in in deciding that he can have a different fandom other than other than whatever team his family decided to root for. Something that I've experienced in my life is that you can root for other teams based on things that kind of pick your interest about them, like players, for example. Like uh, certain teams can have certain players that that resonate with you or you laugh at or other things, and you find yourself just rooting for those teams. Like I found myself rooting for the Arizona Cardinals. I, 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 I love 
some of the players. I love. I mean, I love their stadium. Also, I don't know that that's something that I, I uh, find myself drawn to. But it, it's mostly like the players and the the content of the characters that kind of draws me into them. Now, to be fair, so wait, you have your mom lives out in Arizona part time. Part time, yes. So when did she? When did you start rooting for the Cardinals versus when she started living out there? Oh, years ago. Honestly, it was back when they before they made the Super Bowl. Because little, uh, I don't know, this was 11 years ago, so uh, so 14-year-old Andrew is like, oh yeah, the Arizona Cardinals are arbitrarily going to make the Super Bowl this year, and they did, but at the same time, I also ended up falling in love with players like Larry Fitzgerald and re-falling in love with players like Kurt Warner, who were uh, who I later learned had kind of uh, made a comeback at that time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's completely fair. I, You know, my teams have always been kind of Giants and Browns, and it's because I'm from Cleveland and now live in New York. But, um, but also I guess the giants thing was something I did kind of arbitrarily, almost arbitrarily adopt because I could have just stayed a, a Browns fan. I mean, you're literally from everywhere. So you're a prime example of this question. <laughs> you could have right. cheered for any of the teams in the places that you've lived before. Right. You know, you could, you could have cheered for, the, uh, the, Cle- the Cleveland Browns. You could have cheered from anybody from the southeastern United States, the Carolina Panthers, or the Atlanta Falcons. And then you came to New York and settled on the New York Giants, which I still don't, I guess, comprehend. It's it's a decision that I have to grapple with every day of my life. The point is, is that you can cheer for anybody that you want to. Right. Be- and it, it affiliation for teams does not and should not matter. Right. I mean, sports are, are supposed to be entertaining. They're supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun to interact with your specific team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, what a great question. I think, it, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a little meta, a little introspective, but it makes you think about why you are the way that you are, why, why you believe what you believe. And, of course. And I think that's important in a lot of different regards and beyond sports. I mean, you know. You can't just go with where you came from. You have to make your own decisions at some point. This is true. And it kind of shapes you as a character, uh, shapes you as a, as a person based on based on who you pick. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So uh, thanks, Anna. Of course, Yes, absolutely. If you have any more questions, please feel free to send us emails, andrewandkata at gmail.com, and we will gladly get back to you for sure. A hundred percent. We love hearing from you guys. So ask away, or if you want to shoot us an email and tell us that we're wrong or that uh, we have to believe something else or make a case for yourself. Do that too. We love it. I would like to issue a public apology to someone. Oh, okay. We're going to do this. Yes. Uh, uh, it is, uh, somebody that I publicly made fun of last week on the show, uh, made fun of his name, his likelihood. And I would like to make a formal apology to the artist formerly known as God Naminshu. Oh boy, God Namin. God, <laughs> it's still really funny. I'm sorry, his name sounds like a character from Downton Abbey, but I would like to make a formal apology to him because I did a little bit of research on him over the week, mm-hmm. and he is the most interesting man in the world. Okay, and he's actually my new favorite player. Do tell. I uh, I will. So there. Uh, Quite a long story with with Mr. Minshew here. So he obviously plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nick Foles, their quarterback, went down with a shoulder injury. He's probably done for uh, at least... He's on injured reserve, so he can't come back until week 11. But the recovery, honestly, might take a little bit longer. Yeah. But he's kind of been thrust into the spotlight. 
and he has quite the story. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you a couple things. Okay. So please, uh, I'm I'm just gonna read you this. Why don't you just like give me your give me your thoughts as we Sure, go. I'm I'm excited. Gardner Minshew the second. Now the, the first second. thing, first thing, the second. Okay, but here's the thing: neither his father nor his grandfather was named Gardner. So technically, it would make him the first. What don't you think? Yes, logically, yes. His grandfather actually wanted to name him Beowulf. Which would have been, in my opinion, even more badass. Beowulf Minshew? I, I have nothing. I, I'm lost for words right now. <laughs> Beowulf Minshew sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like, it sounds, it sounds like a fantasy, like, like, a, like a Dungeons and Dragons character. It sounds like he's, he's going to come and steal your wives. No, it sounds like, like he's gonna like pillage them, like yeah. in, a, in a in a medieval village. No, that's what I mean. Like literally, like grab them and like take them into like the alley and like knock over a bunch of shit and and you know poke a, a hole in a in a keg of beer with a sword and just like go nuts. <laughs> so that's that's Gardner. Uh, also, potentially may have been known as Beowulf Minshew. So wait, is there no is there no end to I, my question is, we still don't know why he is the second? I still don't know why he's the second. That's right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that sticks out to me about Gardner Minshew, first and foremost, if you've seen pictures of him, you know that he has this gorgeous mustache. Right. It is freaking beautiful. God, that thing is majestic. This guy, if you haven't seen a picture of him, he kind of looks like Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite if he had a baby with Ricky Fowler, the golfer. Oh, yeah, he's got kind of like that like bowl cut like Uncle Rico has, oh, but he's got like this youthful jawline, which is like has a little bit of baby fat around it. Sure. And then he's got this just beautiful, beautiful mustache. I mean, yeah, I, it's just a, a really beautiful like marriage of, of two people who could make this majestic creature. And, yeah. he, and he's going to throw a football over them mountains. I know you don't watch movies, but have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? I, I have not. Oh, God. Okay. You're a lost cause. Really All right. Sorry. So he's 23 years old, right? That's the other thing. And he does not look like he's 23. He looks like he's a 58 year old uncle who permanently has a Coors banquet stuck in his right hand and who permanently has his ass stuck to the family reclining chair. Oh, no. That's what he looks like. But he is a quarterback. And he, he, plays for, he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the team that is probably the least prepared for a quarterback injury. Yeah. So a little bit more background on Mr. Minshew here. He is from Flowood, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has a population of about 7,800 people, according to the 2010 census. His nickname, obviously, is the Mississippi Mustache, because of course it is. Yeah, why not? Uh, he is six foot one and weighs 209 pounds and has one mustache. Okay. He, is, he is Baker Mayfield light. <laughs> and I am not just saying that, because Kata, Kata, that is NFL Network's actual analysis from him at the NFL draft when he was picked. I cannot deal with this. He is Baker Mayfield light. And here's the thing. Baker Mayfield, six foot one, 209 pounds, one mustache. They're the same person. Whoa. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, wow. This is a lot for me to process right now. Um, I, I, <laughs> I love how you've equated like, like, body characteristics to like like just three very simple characteristics and essentially made two people who are not related at all the same human being they're the same um, person yes wow this is just incredible okay keep going so he was recruited uh he was picked in the sixth round uh from washington state right. washington state obviously is a, a fairly decent d1 school no yeah okay so here's the thing he was a two-star recruit coming out of high school 
Oh. He was a two-star recruit. He ended up in junior college. So he went to Northwestern Mississippi Community College, and then Troy, and then East Carolina, and then finally Washington State. Oh. So wait, so he he was only at Washington State for one year. He must have been. Yes. Wow. So he, he like bounced around for a little bit. And he went to Carolina. Right. East Carolina. Go East Pirates. Carolina. He actually wanted to transfer to Alabama. Uh-huh. to be a third-string quarterback to back up Jalen Hurts and uh, Tua. Okay. But then he wanted to transfer into coaching. He wanted to, like, shadow Nick Saban and be a quarterback coach. Shut up. Yeah. But then he, he didn't end up transferring, and he went to Washington State, and he actually led the country in passing yards per game. 300, wow. 367.8 on average passing yards per game. Yeah, it looks like you're going to have to wait on that coaching career, buddy. I guess so, huh? And he's, he's wow. starting. He's starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a little bit of context on the sixth round thing, all right? Uh-huh. For, uh, for clarification, there have been 106 quarterbacks taken in the sixth round of the NFL draft since it expanded, right? Right. There uh, have only been 38 to attempt 100 or more passes in the NFL. Okay. And this is a list that includes names like Keith Null, Ryan Lindley, and Spurgeon Wynn. Obviously, the one outlier being um, Tom Brady. Sure. But like... Who are those other three guys? I, that's what I was. I was like, okay, you're reading these names to me, and I'm not entirely sure if I'm supposed to know who these people are, but I don't. I have never heard of them before. Okay, Ryan. Actually, no. Ryan Lindley played for the Cardinals. But oh, okay, yes, yes, the other, yes. Because the Cardinals had that season where they had all of their quarterbacks decimated by injury, and right. Lindley came in and started, I think, a playoff game for them. Uh, but yeah, he was taken in the sixth round, and he's he's starting an NFL game. So during Week One, when Nick Foles went down with an injury. The dude went 22 for 25 with 275 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He completed 13 passes in a row to start a career, which is the best by a rookie in over 40 years. I, so why, why was he so overlooked until now? I have no idea. I mean, like, and the other, there were like a couple more passes that he had that were not, they were incompletions, but they were deemed as drops. Okay. So, like, it could have been more if his, if his receivers didn't drop the ball. Right, And right. for the record, Tom Brady is, like, a slouch. It took him five games to throw his first touchdown pass. It took Gardner Minshew, the badass motherfucker on the planet, one game against the Kansas City Chiefs I'm, to throw two. I'm sorry. It is 3.34 p.m. on the day that we are recording this podcast, and Andrew has just called Tom Brady a slouch. And not only has he called Tom Brady a slouch, he has done so in the context of discussing a backup for the Jacksonville Jaguars named Gardner Minshew. The second. Yeah, Gardner Minshew the second is the hero that we do not deserve. He's the goat. Some more fun facts about Gardner Minshew, okay? Okay. In high school, he petitioned to start a panini club. Ooh. Because his 10 a.m. English class prevented him from getting a pre-workout snack. Oh, my goodness. I'm here for this kid. I would have voted for him in, in high school for, like, class president. I Yeah, and I definitely would have been, like, vice president of the Panini Club. Yes. Uh, he works out in sunglasses. Why? And nothing else. <laughs> he works out completely <laughs> naked. <laughs> Steve's got to be fucking kidding me. No, right? I wish I was. Steve Spurrier has walked in on him working out in just a jockstrap and sunglasses. Like, no, like no joke. So he... Yes. He doesn't care. No, he does not care. He's from Mississippi. He's just like a country boy from Mississippi with, with a mustache Are and shades. Are we sure he's not from Florida? Uh, he's pretty much Florida, man, because get this. He wrestles fish. Like, 
recreationally? Yes, recreationally. He's wrestled an alligator, uh, I think a large turtle, and fish. There are pictures on Twitter of him wrestling fish. I can't handle this right it's now. It's crazy. This guy is Florida, man. He's from Mississippi. Does but he he's just, like, okay, does he go to these like bodies of water, ponds, or whatever the hell, and like just for the purpose of wrestling the fish? Or is he like into fishing? Or I have so... He is into he is into so fishing. Questions. He does he does uh, catch fish well, he's from Mississippi for sport so. because that's yeah. what they do in Mississippi. But I'm convinced that like he's like <laughs> like peak country boy. If like if like country boy was like removed from Brett Favre and like put into a human being. <laughs> I mean Brett Favre is from Brett Favre is from Fishkill, Missouri. Okay, and so I'm convinced that they like took raw like backwoods energy out of Brett Favre and like put it in this one human. And like Gardner shoe came out of that. The second. The second. Excuse me. I. Um, this is better content than the rest of the show is going to be. I'm just going to let everybody know that. <laughs> I think this is this is just some of this is beautiful research. I'm really investigative journalism. I'm really right glad here. that we did this today. Uh, is that all? Is that all? That's that's all that I have. I mean, in, I have in well, week I have in week two that he went uh, 23 of 33 for 213 yards and a touchdown. Uh, in Jacksonville's loss to Houston. He also ran for 56 yards, which is great. So he right. can use his legs. That's awesome. But I really want to talk a little bit later about his mustache because it got me thinking about some of the best facial hair in sports. Okay. So why don't we take a break? Yeah. And we'll come back and we'll uh, discuss some of sports' best... Uh, 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 is there some kind of fancy word for it's facial like hair? adornments. Adornments. Like for, for the natural vis- adornments. For the visage. So thank you for bearing with me. Wow. <laughs> and thank you guys all for listening. We'll be back in just a minute. We will. Thanks, Thanks for joining guys. us. So we left off talking about Gardner Minshew. Yes. Uh, the world's greatest human being, the most interesting man in the world. Indeed. Once again, super sorry, Gardner Minshew. I, I you I know, you. I don't think you said anything that that mean. Or... No, I just kind of like laughed at his name. That was really it. Yeah. And was just like, oh, this is. I mean, instead of you know like Josh Schmidt coming in from you know Kansas State, it's a guy whose name is Gardner Minshew. The second. This is the second. Thank you. <laughs> 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 gonna be coming in from uh, from Washington State to lead his team back to glory. But we were talking about Gardner Minshew's mustache. Yes. And we decided that it would be a good idea to discuss what makes certain athletes great. And and here's the thing. We have come to the conclusion in our conversation about our content for today's show that you cannot fully judge the breadth of an athlete's work without considering the most important thing about them, like the most important physical trait about them. It's the trait that alludes, exudes, it's the trait that exudes confidence. It's the trait that exudes just a very, very powerful animal energy. And that trait is of course, facial hair. Oh, facial hair. Facial hair. <laughs> I said thighs. I was thinking about Saquon Barkley's thighs. Oh well, I mean, in, in his case, you know, everything about him is—he's just a whole package. You don't—you don't pick and choose what you examine about Saquon Barkley. 
You Some just see him as the gift that he is. There are two the kinds of people in this world. There are people who <laughs> skip leg day, and then there are Saquon Barclays. <laughs> who has leg day twice a day. This is right. Uh, probably. But this is true. Yes. Facial hair. Facial hair is what makes uh, certain characters in sports pop off the screen. Yes. And we've decided to uh, give some of our favorites for uh, this, the best facial hair in sports. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I again, I think this is a very important topic, one that we have not yet addressed um, in full, giving it its the full attention that it deserves. Right. And um, so I've actually ranked my um, top three mm-hmm. best facial hairs in sports. I've done the same. Okay, great. And I believe you also have a bad one, right? I do. I, I, I have also. a worst and I have an honorable mention for the worst. I have just one worst. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and start? Who's your who's your number three best? All right. My number three um, is a recent development in uh, <laughs> a recent change of appearance from the greatest quarterback to ever live or play the game, kind of, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Kind of is correct. Now, Aaron Rodgers... Specifically, I'm, I want to put this out there because he did something different to his face for the game this week. Um, but I'm thinking specifically his Ben Stiller, Happy Gilmore look. Um, there were pictures posted on his Instagram that he posted the quarterback crew in Green Bay all dressed up as characters from the seminal classic Happy Gilmore. And Aaron Rodgers was Ben Stiller in Doctor Mode. It is truly a revelation. And particularly, I think it's so interesting because Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys who, you know, you're walking on the street and you see a guy and you're like, oh, that guy kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers. Jake Gyllenhaal looks like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll give you that. Yeah. Considering I work with him every day, yeah, he does kind of look a little bit like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there's, there's actually a lot of guys who kind of have that look. And what he has done is tailor it so specifically to look like someone else that it even just shows how much of a chameleon he actually is. Um, not to mention, it's just fun. Mm. I And and I want to put on the record, I'm actually not a huge fan of facial hair, but damn A.A. Ron. I was going to ask, yeah. Yeah. My number three is Ryan Fitzpatrick, another quarterback in the NFL. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the picture that sticks out for me in my mind is this picture of him at the Buccaneers press conference. A couple. I know he plays in Miami now, but when he played for Tampa Bay, he went up to a press conference and he's dressed kind of in this like black coat and it's open and he's got this big chain. He's got the aviator sunglasses on and he's got this majestic... Beard. It almost kind of looks like a Conor McGregor were a football player. I was just going to say, I. It, it's amazing because I remember specifically that image as well. And I think about how, if if not for the beard, he could be mistaken for yes, Conor McGregor, the notorious Ryan Fitzpatrick. And the thing with Fitzpatrick is that it's just it's just got longer and longer and longer as the the years roll on. Also, it's just kind of funny to me that this guy went to Harvard. Yeah. And it, it just, it, he doesn't, not to judge, he doesn't look like the typical Harvard graduate with his enormous facial hair. He doesn't look, like, enormous facial hair only works on a very specific type of an Ivy Leaguer, um, and that would be the very hipster, very, like, nerdy, doesn't reveal a whole lot to women, is there to do the work mm. kind of guy. Um, which is like not he gradu- magic. He looks like he might have gradu- graduated from an Ivy League school if it were like 1837, and he were going to go off to fight. <laughs> if he were going to like go off to fight in the war, you know. I love that. Thank I love you. that. 
My number two is James Harden. Um, a, a little bit of an obvious choice here. With a name like the beard, you would think that it would be the obvious choice. Yes. Yes, totally. But um, but his beard is in fact a total work of art. Um, I, I worry about it's. I, I I'm sure he maintains it very well. The reality is, beard hair tends to be quite wiry and with the nature of the game that he plays and the sweating and the, you know, miscellaneous objects and everything, I I do worry about the health of the beard at times. That said, James Harden would not be James Harden without his beard. I don't think we would be talking about James Harden as an athlete nearly as much if we didn't all just know, like, it goes, James Harden, beard. Like, that's, that's the first light bulb that hits. Agreed. No, no, I totally agree that we wouldn't be talking about him as much if he didn't have that thing. That beard is thick. Yeah. That might be the be- that might be the thickest beard that, that is on either of our, of our two lists. Do you think, um, do, do you think that he, should he, like, grow his hair out, it would be as thick? Or do you think this is strictly a beard? I don't, I'm not a guy, I don't grow facial hair. I don't really know how this works. But. I don't either. I'm also not a guy who grows facial hair. <laughs> I, I think the short hair with the beard is a good look. Personally, yeah. Oh, I do too. Yeah, I, I've always I've always been a fan of that look. So no, I don't think he should grow his hair out. I mean, it's already it's just more things collecting in more places. No, no, no. But but more pieces of food, I guess. I don't know. I, I definitely don't think he should grow it out. But do you think the hair would be of the same thick consistency, the same voluptuous texture, if he grew it out? Or do you think oh, this sure is something that be, yeah. is unique to his lower facial area? I think that he's kind of like stuck with the beard, and I think that that's what's going to be it. I don't think that he would grow the hair out anymore. Yeah. Okay. My number two is a man named Lanny McDonald. So have you ever seen, uh, how do I put this? What's the nice way of saying this? A walrus. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this man is a hockey player. He played for the uh, a bunch of teams: the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Colorado uh, Rockies, who are now the Avalanche, the Calgary Fl- and the Calgary Flames. Uh, he looks like a walrus. That's what he looks like. Oh yes. Yeah, he's got this gorgeous, like thick old mustache, yep. and it kind of like frays out at the end, and it just kind of like like droops down, like he's you know he's gonna gonna walk like this, like he's you know some like you know super broad Canadian. But he's he's not a, a large man too. I, I could make an argument that he also kind of looks like like one of those long haired Borzois. You know, he does kind of look like a long haired Borzoi if a Borzoi was a hockey player and and was a man. I love dog beards. I yeah. love when dogs have beards. Same here. But yeah, this guy, uh, it's a very uh, beautiful, elegant uh, Canadian mustache. Right. And it, it ranks uh, second on my list just for being you know regal like that. So that's my number two. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for my number one? I want you to go first. Okay, so my number one is uh, quite possibly the greatest piece of facial hair that's ever uh, walked upon this earth. Uh, and that belongs to Raleigh Fingers, obviously. Uh, pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. He has the quintessential handlebar mustache. Yes. Uh, his career plan is very simple. Grow a gimmicky mustache, make it into the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's it. That's Raleigh Fingers in a nutshell. Wow. And he certainly did. No other goals. No, seriously, no other goals. I mean, he was also like a dominating pitcher who, you know, shut down opposing lineups. But Raleigh Fingers' mustache will live on long after he passes away. Right. Like, even now that he's of, of uh, a certain age, the mustache is still strong. His hair is white. That mustache is, is, is a, a very nice thin brown. And that handlebar mustache is as curly cute as ever. 
How long do you think it takes to, to do that in the mornings? Because neither, again, neither of us have experience with maintaining facial hair. Oh, I don't know. It depends. It's probably some kind of like, I don't know, like wax or gel. They have these uh, art of shaving stores in malls. Mm -hmm. You ever see those? Yeah, of course. And you go in and I'm sure that they'll, they'll help you find some kind of material for your beard. But I've never, I have no idea. I should hope that it doesn't take him too long. Yeah, I mean, I, but also for someone who has so much pride about something like that, you wonder, or it begs the question of, do you do it if you're not leaving the house that day? I think you do. Oh, for a character like Robbie Fingers? Absolutely. Yeah. If, if Even if you're sitting on your couch watching, watching baseball all day, not doing anything, not seeing anyone. Yeah. I, I think it just, you got to do well, it. Because also it's like close to your mouth. And you don't want it to, like, catch food or anything like that. That's true. You know? I, I guess I never really thought about the, the handlebar mustache and the, the preening that it takes actually being a way to, to protect it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Taking care of it and all that, like combing beards and things like that. It keeps you, it keeps, I don't know, it keeps it clean and it keeps your face free from stuff that might get into it. There's still, like, an element of skincare that goes in there, I think. No, of course, of course. But if he were to just let the mustache hang, then, yes, that, that would be really difficult I, almost more difficult to maintain them if he curls it up. Maybe so. Very interesting. Yeah. Who is your number one? My number one best facial hair in sports is Tony Romo. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> All I, right. As I have this picture of Tony Romo in front of me, the, he doesn't have any facial hair. This is my word. Is this is a cop out. This is my word to all of you gentlemen who are listening to our show today um, and, and who have aspirations of winning a high-class brawl like myself. That's a joke. I'm trash. And not any Super Bowls like Tony Romo. <laughs> oh, my God. Please relax. Um, the, the clean, unpatchy stubble is the way to go. It's, it's, it still does require a particular amount of maintenance because you do have to shave often. But... It, it is nice, it shows age, but not too much. It's easy to maintain, and uh, personally, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for a little stubble rubbing on my face and, you know, other it's places. Itchy. It's I, itchy. I love it. That's why I don't like it. I love it. But good for you, that's that's <laughs> fine. Let me give you my worst. All Very right. Quick. Let's, let's, uh, let's pick it up a little bit here. Before I get too hot over that's here. Right. <laughs> here we go, I'm just gonna, yeah, fan you off there, that's good. So oh, my worst. And this guy's near and dear to my heart because I love him. He used to, he used to play in Boston, mm -hmm. and he doesn't anymore. It's Joe Thornton. Okay. He plays for the San Jose Sharks, another hockey team. So you know that every year hockey teams have playoff beards. For us, the longer you go in the playoffs, you don't shave your beard. Right. And so the San Jose Sharks have kind of taken it to another level. And Joe Thornton is also like 39, almost 40 years old. Oh, wow. So he's like an old man in terms of hockey. Sure. So the thing has grown down to about the middle of his chest. Ugh. It's also because he's, you know, an old man, there's a gray streak running down the middle of it. Yeah. So it kind of looks like he's got like a skunk on his face. <laughs> you know, it goes from about the sideburns all the way down. It's just this really majestically disgusting thing. But he's still kicking it at 40 years old and he's he's gonna be kicking it for the foreseeable future. Uh, but yeah, dude, you get, look like you gotta like clean it. It almost looks like Irish moss is growing on his face. Oh no. And especially in like the gray part. Yeah. So that's, I love him. And there are probably worse beards out there, but it's just that coloration in the middle sure. that makes him the worst for me. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I think, you know, 
I appreciate the the I guess effort because it's probably not very comfortable. I mean, what do you do when you're sleeping? Do you like tie it up or? Oh, probably. That's another question that we have. We need to bring someone on here with a beard and ask. Yeah, we we need a beard expert. If any of y'all are are beard experts out there. Please shoot us an email. We would love to speak with you on our show. AndrewRincotta um, at gmail.com. Hit us up. Yes, please. Uh, my my worst facial hair is Matt, Pat- Matt Patricia. Oh, God. It's gross, isn't it? It really it is. And the thing that's gross about it is that it shouldn't be gross. Like, it, it looks like it has... It, I mean, if you were to take that beard off of Matt Patricia's face and put it on another face and brush it and comb it and clean it, it probably wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, trim it up a little bit, but it... But that's the key, is that it needs to be brushed and combed and clean, and it just isn't that. It's just not, and it's it's so sloppy, and I always think of that moment last NFL season when he was angry at one of the reporters in the press room. This was in Detroit, yeah? This was in Detroit, and he was angry because the reporter was slouching or not properly dressed or whatever and was yelling at him about his appearance. And if anyone, anyone should not be yelling at someone else about their appearance, it's Matt Patricia. I, man, I love you. I want your lines to be good this year, but I, I can't do it. I can't get behind it until you start to have a little mm. respect for yourself, man. Yeah. You know how he puts that pencil behind his ear? Yeah. He can literally just stick it in the beard and it would stay. Oh, I'm sure. I guarantee you. On Harding the, could probably do that too, though. Probably. Yeah. On the bright side, he has inspired many, many great Halloween costumes for folks with beards, especially in the New England area. Ah, uh, yeah. There yes. were tons of great Matt Patricia costumes. Yeah. Thanks to, you know, uh, him having that beard. So, uh, do you have a an honorable mention for worst? Yeah, I because do. Because I do, and I really want you to go first. Okay. Yes. Okay, mine's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. That's all you have to say. It's the minus. beautiful, the blonde handlebar mustache. And the, it, and it's just and the way it frames the mouth, and and it it's inescapable, and it is unchanged, and it is kept to a particular degree. Um, it's just it is a look. Man, man is all, you, all you Hucklemaniacs out there, you're going to become Minshew Maniacs, I can, oh, I can guarantee. That's true. Yeah. So here's my honorable mention for worst. And you may have to, like, be the judge of this. Oh, man. So this is a, a picture for the Open A's. His name is Mike Fears. Okay. And uh, this picture of his facial hair kind of uh, sparked this conversation to me. I mean, we led into Gardner Minshew, but, like... So I want you to just picture this. Starting from his right sideburn. This beard goes down along the side of his face, mm-hmm. and it goes down to about his, down to his chin, past his chin. And then what it does is it wraps upward on his left side and then finishes into a mustache. No. So think of the letter G on his face. Oh my god. It is probably, it's the greatest worst thing I've ever seen on a human face. It's spectacularly horrendous who, who did this to so him? just for the record he has nothing on the left side of his face that's not above his lip that thing goes down from the right side and loops up around his mouth i just want to know whose idea this was probably his and you know what good for him it's different i'm here for it i i mean look <sighs> it's just it's very creative i can't even be mad because it's very very creative yeah I I just it, it brings in a whole plethora of additional conversations. It, 
it's, it's also, there's a basic rule um, in, at least in women's beauty. Yeah. Um, the idea... I say, yeah, like I know. <laughs> well, yeah. No, I mean, there, there was actually a documentary on it. I remember I watched it in high school. And it's about symmetry and how technically symmetry is how beauty is measured. So, like, if you like, like, this half of my face or whatever, like, that's great. If it was reflected perfectly on the other half of my face... I would be a whole lot prettier. Oh, oh. Okay. That's that's like the the idea. I've always seen it that like if you took one side of somebody's face and then did a reflective image of it, it would look super weird. Like you see my face now and like my my face is, you know, different on both sides. Like one of my eyes is higher than the other or something like that. But um yeah, if you took one and brought it to the other side, I would look totally different. And I think I've seen it and I don't like the way I look. I I don't know. I think it's just it's simple rules and it's the same thing like even when girls are applying makeup or whatever like contouring you want to make sure that I'm not that I've ever contoured in my life because I have not and probably never will but um but contouring and doing like eyeliner wings and and eyeshadow and stuff it's all supposed to like like girls ask each other like does this match and that's that's the idea that's my issue with that so but very very interesting um I think we've I think we've I, I'm proud of what the work that we've done here. This is like crack investigative journalism right here. We really both of us. Well done. And guys, we're not even drinking. Like, this is crazy. This is awesome. Yeah. This is good content. We're gonna take another break. Yep. And when we get back, we're gonna uh, look ahead to week three in the NFL, specifically uh, more of the on the quarterback issue. This is a very theme show today. Yeah. Quarterbacks and their and their facial hair. I I think it is. Yeah. yeah. A couple of little tangents here and there. Um, and, uh, and we're going to talk about some, some other stuff too. So stick around. We'll be back. So we're going to wrap up our show in just a couple of minutes, guys. I can't believe it's, it's already that time. But before we do that, of course, we want to look ahead into the third week of the 2019 NFL 100 season. How did we get this far already? What happened? I don't even know. That's weird. It's just been such a roller coaster. I'm going to lead off this conversation because I think the biggest questions that we have are kind of relating to this issue of the fact that we're in this weird quarterback roulette. Um, already since preseason, we've lost five starting quarterbacks. Foles, Roethlisberger, uh, uh, Breeze. Who are the other two? Luck and Darnold. Luck and Darnold. Yeah. So uh, Luck for another reason. Right, right. But in the same vein, all of these teams have had to resort to their backups because there hasn't been enough time to prepare. And all of these teams have now gone through OTAs, preseason, everything. Having, uh, some of them have played their backups, but really having orchestrated their offenses around their starters. And with that said, I just kind of wanted to do like a little progress report and see kind of what we're looking at as we move forward. So let's start with the most recent news. Steelers' Ben Roethlisberger uh, hurt his elbow and will be missing the rest of the season. I think this is particularly interesting because we, or at least I, was kind of under the impression that Big Ben is probably going to retire soon. He had threatened it last year a couple of times. 
in all of the drama and everything. And we know how Big Ben likes to get wrapped up in drama. But I'm, I'm wondering if this will be it for Big Ben. That aside, uh, he will be replaced by Mason Rudolph. And Rudolph actually played this past week a little bit. Um, did you like what you saw? Yeah, I thought he played pretty well. Um, I, I think that if he's going to be the quarterback moving forward for the Steelers, and again, we don't know how long because that injury was non-contact, and he threw the ball and kind of like grabbed his elbow, which is always super scary. Like if you've ever seen pitchers throw their arm out, that's ooh, that's yeah. never a good sign. No. So, uh, but I did like what I saw from Mason Rudolph. He had a couple touchdown passes, one late to Vance McDonald. He had two to Vance McDonald in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if the Steelers were like upset or scared about their quarterback position, they would already have gone out and found a backup immediately after Roethlisberger got hurt. Now, as of recording, they have not done that, and I feel like Mason Ford is, Mason Rudolph is going to be the guy moving forward. For the rest of this season? I think so. Okay. Yes, he is a good enough team to throw to, and maybe they'll rally around Mason Rudolph as their, as their you know young quarterback to you know, come together. They've had some issues with receivers dropping balls and Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't really been that number one guy that they expect him to be since Antonio Brown moved on. But I think Rudolph is going to be the guy. And I don't think that the Steelers have too, too much to worry about. They still got a good team. Yeah. Aside. Okay, that's good. Um, I think I think it's safe to, to bank on him, particularly now that I know we're not crazy deep into the season, but it's deep enough that... You know, this kid's been been ready to play, been watching Ben on the bench, knows the scheme, and they can, from here, kind of tailor the offense to him a little bit while still sticking with their original scheme. They wouldn't have kept him around if they didn't think that he could fill in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he is actually the only other quarterback active on their roster right now. That will soon change. I'm sure they'll bring someone up from the practice squad. I'm sure they will, too. Tying on to that, the AFC North isn't, like, a terribly strong division either. Mm -hmm. Like, they've got the Bengals, and then they've got the Browns, which, as of this moment, are kind of still up in the air. Like, we still don't know if they're going to be that powerhouse offense that we expect them to be. Right. So I think that based just on, you know, division strength, Mm -hmm. people always always are like, oh, man, are they going to be good in – a team going to be good in the grand scheme of things? But teams have to get out of their division before they can do anything. If right. you can win your division, you get to host a playoff game. And I think that's really important to yeah. remember. Absolutely. Uh, well, hopefully they find a guy to back up Mason on their practice squad. If not, we've got a couple quarterbacks around that they could probably sign out of free agency. Uh, you've got Sam Bradford. You've got Brock Osweiler. Obviously, <laughs> you don't really want either of these guys as your main signal caller. But... It's there's the experience, obviously, and both of these guys actually have played the Steelers before, mm-hmm. so there's at least some kind of grand realm of familiarity. Yep. Um, I have a feeling that we'll see a familiar name on one of these rosters at some point in the future. Yeah. Yes. I agree. So, and that brings us to our our next injury of our Sunday fun day football scary day. Sunday scaries. Um, <laughs> That's what it was this, for week two. It was, scary. It was uh, Sunday scaries. It really was. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees went down. He hurt his thumb it, in what looked like, for a second, a high five with the opposing team's defense. Oh, Aaron uh, Donald gets hard high fives. It, it was not uh, a high five. And, and I don't, I would never want to high five Aaron Donald accidentally or purposefully. 
But uh, Teddy Bridgewater went in. I love Teddy Bridgewater. You, you know do I love do. Teddy Bridgewater. You've got this like weird obsession with Teddy Bridgewater. I really, I don't quite know why. And he went because he's a mobile quarterback, and you said that you oh, love yes. mobile quarterbacks. He also went in and he sucked on Sunday. I thought. Oh. And I don't know why the 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 the, the Saints aren't using uh, Taysom Hill, considering that he's on the field all the time. Yeah, but I think that they're using Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is a prototype to me. So the offense that Sean Payton runs is probably the most inventive that the NFL has seen in the last 40 years. And the way that he uses his quarterbacks has been kind of the defining factor of this offense. So you've got your three quarterbacks and without one of them, it doesn't really work. There was that one infamous play last year that they I love. All, all of them on the field. <laughs> it yeah, was I amazing. But um, I think Colt, Colt McCoy is kind of this, this new kind of player that I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more of in the NFL. One example that I can think of is the Ravens drafting of Trace McSorley this year, who is a mobile quarterback and a great runner and has the potential to succeed at both quarterback and running back. Did you just say the Ravens drafted this guy? Yes. Because it sounds like they've already got a quarterback who could do all that. Right. No, I, I get that. No. That's why I'm saying they could use Trace McSorley mm-hmm. in a very Colt McCoy kind of way. Uh, I think it was a great pick for the Ravens. But that aside, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think he sucked. I, I think he was prepared, and I think he let a little bit of pressure get to him, you could visibly see a lot of frustration when things didn't go the way they were supposed to. He was as prepared as they could be for the team that just that went to the Super Bowl from the NFC last year. With right. a team with a really good defense. But now I, I just have to wonder, is this new kind of offense, can, can this model hold up with only two quarterbacks? I mean, it usually, okay, so as far as I know, the NFL rules state that there's only one person in charge of the ball, and that's the quarterback. So I'm going to I'm going to say that it has worked with one person before. Uh, I'm sort of in jest here, but I want to tie it back to uh, when Carson Wentz went down mm-hmm. and Nick Foles came in, and Doug Peterson did a really really good job of doing this, and he what he did was not mold his new offense to uh, mold try to jam Nick Foles into the Carson Wentz offense. Mm -hmm. He instead morphed the offense around Nick Foles and played to his strengths. Mm -hmm. And so I can see Sean Payton doing that either with Taysom Hill or with Teddy Bridgewater and morphing that offense around into Teddy Bridgewater's strengths. Because the guy led the Vikings to the playoffs in his second year in the league. He was a good quarterback when he started. Right. And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be in in Drew Brees' absence. I agree. I think... I can also see the Saints being a good team while Brees is on the shelf. I, I do too. I I think that uh, I, I think that we need a little bit more time to kind of digest this shift, and hopefully Breeze won't be out too too long. Six weeks on the timeline for the surgery. Yeah, the surgery is happening this week, and hopefully it'll be a quick six weeks, and hopefully you know the rehabbing of his thumb will go well. Uh, we speedy, also, speedy recovery is wishing to both those guys, by the way. Yeah, of course it's. It's really a shame, particularly these two guys who are kind of nearing the ends of their careers. And everyone said, I mean, yesterday's game, we both said Saints-Rams. Sunday's game, the Saints-The Rams, we both said was 
one of the games of the season. Absolutely. And a game that the Saints really should have won and might have had Breeze not been injured, I think. Oh, it would have definitely been closer than it was. Yes. Right. Uh, with everything that has... That both of these quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, have gone through. Um, it's it's really just a shame. But uh, moving on. <laughs> hey, how's Jacoby Brissett doing? He's doing real well. Yeah. Yeah, not bad for being. He's. I think he's. They won. They won. Yeah. They won week two, so he's one and one. Yeah. He's not. He's not as bad of a quarterback as as other people thought that he would be. No. He did back up Tom Brady and has learned from Josh McDaniels. Right. I I think he's going to be fine. Also, the fact that T.Y. Hilton's putting up 10 points a game in my fantasy league is, is makes me happy. Yeah. So I'm happy that Jacoby Brissett is doing well. This is an instance where we were all really scared for absolutely no fucking reason. Right. And I love being wrong. Same. I really Most of do. the time, I love being wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, no. In, in regards to... Making predictions on sports. Well, not not even that, but making predictions about people not doing well. I don't like to do that, yeah, particularly no preemptively, which unfortunately just this medium requires us to do it. But it's it's not my favorite thing to do, and I'm I'm very impressed as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, I one of my least favorite conversations is if uh, is about whether or not college te- really good college teams could beat really bad NFL teams. Mm-hmm. And my argument is always, how many players from a given college team play in the NFL? Would you say, on average, Al- um, uh, Alabama, Alabama, Clemson, uh, percentage-wise, like fifteen percent? Yeah, it's low. Yeah. It's low. It might even be lower. Than I, that. I, yeah, ten to fifteen. How many players in on the Miami Dolphins play in the NFL? All of them. A hundred percent of them play in the NFL. If you can, if you can call the Miami Dolphins playing. Yeah, but that's but, the, that's you know, the thing, yeah. though. Is that they are. They're an NFL team, right? And you can't just because one player has is regarded as a lower skill level just because of the position that they, that they play, whether it be a backup quarterback or a backup running back or whatever, doesn't mean that they haven't made it to the NFL. Uh, look, I, there's I, still a professional who's playing at the professional level, and that's still something to be, uh, that's still something to uh, be lauded in this world. I think. I I hear you, and I think actually, I I just want to tap on this real quick because this is something that that happened this week that I think is is a really interesting thing to tie into this conversation. Uh, Tim Tebow went on first take and was very very upset about. California allowing college athletes, NCAA athletes, to accept sponsorship money. And there are arguments from both sides. Des Bryant has been very fo- uh, very vocal about this on Twitter. And I, I can see where Tebow is coming from. It's about love for the game. It's about the community. It's not about the money. It's about like wanting to try hard enough to make it into the NFL. Uh, Des Bryant, on the other hand, and his people are like, well... A lot of us have families that need to be taken care of and debts that need to be paid before we can even consider succeeding. And if this is going to help us become better football players, um, I mean, why not? So there, you can see both ends of the spectrum. But the reality is, yeah, for, for these guys, a lot of them aren't going to go to the NFL. So let them make a little bit of money is is definitely a, a valid argument. I don't want to fight with you about this now, but I think that we should maybe th- even throw out a poll on there and touch on this next week. Okay. Is- Lastly, we have 
Sam Darnold, mm -hmm. who has mono. Oh, God. I've never had mono. Actually, and the reason we're shorthanded today is because our producer actually has mono right now. So love to you, my dear. Feel better. Um, but our, our Sam Darnold has mono, and Trevor Simeon is the starting quarterback of the Jets. Trevor Simeon has started for NFL teams before. Yes, he has, in fact, started. Yes. Thoughts? No. <laughs> no, nothing? Okay. The Jets, I mean, the Jets are the Jets. I mean, they may be better off going with Geno Smith, who doesn't play for them anymore, but, like... No, Davis Webb? Uh, nope, Davis Webb doesn't play for them either. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, <laughs> Simeon... Uh, okay, it's it's one thing to think that someone's going to be bad and then actually have them be good, like Shigobi Brissett. Mm -hmm. It's another thing to have quarterbacks, we think that they're going to be bad, or even think that they're going to be good and then be bad. Right. That's another thing, and I think Simeon is one of these cases. He didn't learn well from uh, from the, the system in Denver mm -hmm. when he was backing up Brock Osweiler and Peyton Manning, and then he goes to New York to play for the Jets, and there it's just another uh, another shit show of a, a front office team who's gonna who might run him into the ground. Right. So I mean, they may focus all their energy into um, progressing Sam Darnold, and not progress uh, Trevor Simeon the way that they might like to. The Jets, in that vein of all the quarterback, of all the teams that have lost their starting quarterbacks, the Jets are the team that's the most in trouble. Is that they aren't already in enough trouble? Interesting. Yeah. I. I agree with you, particularly on the point that the Jets are still kind of a mess of a front office, and that's something that I feel like sports media has generally overlooked in the last couple of weeks. We still don't really know how that system is being run. Uh, touching on these other two quarterbacks that you mentioned, Geno Smith, who is now a backup on the Raiders, and Davis Webb, who is a backup in Buffalo. Davis Webb has now been on all three New York teams. Triple crown. Triple crown. And finally found, actually, <laughs> if, if I had to pick of the three a place for Davis Webb to be right now with Davis Webb's best interests at heart, it Buffalo would be sounds, Buffalo. Buffalo sounds about it right now. Absolutely. They might be, they might be the New York State champs at the end of the year. <laughs> are, are we already uh, polishing off our, our fancy trophies? And... I mean, they might lose to New England in two weeks and, knock them, and have them knock down a peg. But the fact that they've already beaten both the Jets and the Giants on consecutive weeks in New Jersey. Yeah. By the way, I think that's hilarious that they play two away games against the Jets and the Giants who share a stadium. So they have two weeks in the same stadium in a row as away teams. But again, the Jets, it's its just this big question mark. Do you think they need to start looking into one of these other quarterback free agents? I mean, if you're the Jets, I mean, why not? You know, we, sure. we don't know how long Donald could be out. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think the Jets are the team that's the most in trouble. I think those other four teams are going to be fine. I mean, they're probably going to just plateau at the level that they're at. I mean, say for Jacoby Brissett, who is now the starter. Right. Uh, but I think those other four teams will be fine. Yeah, if the Jets want to go out and find someone, they they could, I guess. I don't really think it's going to make a difference, to be honest with you. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Seriously, spare me. Anyways. I'm not ready to talk about this. Yeah. All right, kids. That's our show. That's the end. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's the end of our show. We have show. run out of things to talk about, mercifully. Uh, I don't know if run out is... is the word, but it's definitely this we is what we planned. We have exhausted all of our topics for the afternoon. We have, and we're really, really excited to get into this new NFL week. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, we'll we'll get some answers from all of our new quarterbacks and all of our new blah 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 and everything. But uh, just so you guys know, be sure to follow us on all of our social media. It's at UFR Vodcast with a V. With a V. V-O-D-C-A-S-T. Uh, don't forget to shoot us emails if you have questions, comments, or concerns, or just want to rip one of us a new one. Our email is andrewandkata at gmail.com. 
And uh, be sure to listen to our podcast coming out on the. Be sure to listen to our podcast wherever you can find podcasts. Yeah. Uh, except for Spotify because we're not that cool yet. Not yet. This has been under further review. Yeah, presented by Last Word on Sports. I'm Andrew. I'm Kata. Bye. Bye.